0: Hello, welcome back to Brussels. This MLEx podcast is indeed coming to you from our Brussels bureau. I'm James Paniki, MLEX's Brussels Managing Editor. And I'm sitting in a rather austere conference room with Laurel Henning, our senior energy correspondent. Hello again, Laurel. Hi, James. Now, you spent a frustrating day on Monday waiting for the end of a ministerial meeting to decide on new energy savings rules to apply to the EU after 2020. But it was worth the wait because by 1829 local time, your story hit the MLEX wire. Before we get started, in a nutshell, what exactly were Energy Ministers' meeting in Brussels to discuss and why now?
1: So there were a number of dossiers on the agenda for Monday's meeting. Um, there was the Energy Efficiency Laws, which we'll we'll discuss here now. There was also energy efficiency for buildings, and some progress reports, just reporting back on um, the overall clean energy package proposal, which we've also discussed before in our podcasts. Um, so it was sort of a taking stock meeting, but also an end of term for the uh, for the Maltese presidency, which were are taking on the. Uh, the six-month rotating council presidency that we have in Brussels, the end of their term, the end of the first half of this year, they were very keen to wrap up a couple of legislative files and that's where the energy efficiency debate falls.
0: And for those unfamiliar with the uh, EU process, they were not uh, legislating, they were simply reaching a common a position on on the part of all twenty eight member uh, national governments of the member states, and then that is going to be their position moving forward into a legislative process which will also involve the European Parliament.
1: Exactly. They were discussing on Monday laws that were put forward or changes to laws proposed by the European Commission in November of last year. They have to come up with a common approach and so does the European Parliament in its own time. And then the two institutions, the Parliament and the Council, then discuss together and what they agree as their sort of agreement deal, um, that is what will end up becoming law.
0: And the meeting obviously went longer than expected. What difficulties did the ministers encounter?
1: The overall goal of the of the legislation was really a, um, a contentious issue for ministers. In 2014, heads of state and government uh, met in Brussels and agreed on climate and energy goals for the bloc to meet by 2030. In that meeting, they agreed on a non-binding goal of 27% for an improvement in energy efficiency across the EU by 2030. What the Commission suggested in November of last year was a 30% improvement in efficiency and that that goal should be binding. So by the time ministers met on Monday, you had some countries saying we absolutely must stick to the 2014 non-binding goal and other countries saying no, come on, we need to do more. Since 2014, we've had the UN climate deal, which now the US has left. Europe needs to step up. We need to do more.
0: And so, in other words, there were two elements being discussed? One was the the percentage point twenty seven or thirty percent. The other was whether or not it should be binding or, or should not be binding. Were there any other parts of the conversation that might have been contentious?
1: So, there's a uh, one specific article which always causes a lot of discussion on the en- on the energy efficiency law, and it's Article Seven of the directive. So, this requires um, of that overall headline target, which is thirty percent for now. Uh, Governments must meet um, an improvement, an annual improvement, this is binding, of 1.5%. Now, ministers were saying on Monday that this should be reduced, should be reduced in about 2026. This was something that uh, Europe's climate chief, Miguel Arias-Canete, said he was concerned about, that the reduction could prove to be the equivalent of um, millions, hundreds of millions of barrels of of oil usage, um, and that that was something he was keen to avoid Um, And so what he called for and what is in the text now as well um, was a midterm review. So a 2024 review. And if uh, governments are far behind, then that target will not be decreased. If governments are on track, then that 1.5% annual binding goal will be reduced to 1% per year yeah, and that was another sort of uh, contentious issue among governments. Some people wanted it to reduce, some people didn't. Uh, yeah.
0: okay, so there there was lots of contention, lots of differing views as to what kind of a solution they needed to reach. How was this impasse overcome? How did they finally reach the solution and what was the solution?
1: Yeah, so just to give you an example as well of sort of the two camps. Um, So example countries of who who were included in those camps. You had in the binding 30% goal uh, group, you had Germany, Denmark, France, Luxembourg, Ireland, among others. And in the other sort of non-binding camp, you had the Netherlands, Poland and Hungary. In the end, so after uh, the, the original compromise text from Malta in the morning, they then went away because they realised no one was going to agree on that. They brought another one back at lunchtime. And in the end, it was Germany and France who said, look, we're going to put forward this this suggestion. Malta, you should take this on as the overall presidency text. Which they did, and that's what we now have as the outcome.
0: Uh, outsiders might hear the expression non binding and, and wonder what's going on in the sense that it doesn't really matter what percentage point you finally agree on. If it's a non binding agreement, then uh, surely there is not the same amount of pressure for people to actually uh, do what they're committing themselves to do. Is, is that something that, uh, am I missing something about the definition of non binding? Um, how is this going to play out in terms of, of what this agreement means?
1: Because this was such a difficult topic, in the end, in the final text, we have neither uh, non-binding nor binding before that 30% figure. It's just a headline target on its own. Now, some officials, I would understand them to be the ones pushing for binding, say that if you look closely at the provisions within the text, what you're seeing is something that that calls for a binding 30% goal. But really, without the wording there, I think uh, there's a lot of room for debate still. And that's something that Poland mentioned on Monday. They said that this will probably cause issues along the road now ahead with negotiations with Parliament as to what the text actually means.
0: Because another way of looking at this is to suggest that they've just put it in the too hard basket they've simply said look parliament is ultimately going to have to sort this mess out uh, let's let them weave their magic uh, we're not going to make a decision on the binding versus non-binding issue at this stage
1: in my opinion this is something that will only be finalized with negotiations with parliament i agree
0: Now, how have lobby groups uh, dealt with uh, this uh, position on the part of the ministers? Uh, I'm assuming there's going to be some level of criticism over the the lack of a binding goal, but uh, in general terms, were they happy with the percentage point which was fixed?
1: I wouldn't say so. I think uh, lobby groups are generally concerned that uh, given the US position at the moment, uh, given that we're agreeing on this text after the UN agreement was reached in 2015, that um, at the moment this looked like sort of a race to the bottom as to how could we get an agreement um and how could we keep as many ministers on track to reach that agreement as possible um so i don't think lobby groups especially environmental lobby groups felt like this was the um this was the energy efficiency package that is going to help meet the climate change goals um that obviously remains to be seen but i wouldn't say it was the best the most positive response there
0: Laurel, thank you so much for the update. Thanks, James. And you'll be keeping us uh, in the loop as negotiations proceed. Laurel Henning is Emlex's senior energy reporter. She's based here in Brussels. From Laurel and from me, James Paniki. thank you very much for listening and make sure to download or stream other Emlex podcasts from across the globe. Bye for now.